Peoria and on Facebook. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hanging out as he does every Tuesday. Uh, finances are rough for a lot of Americans. This is a simple statement. It is a true statement. A lot of people are feeling it. There is some audio out there in the world. I think this is uh, Fox News that's talking about this, about how uh, crazy bad um, uh, debt is for many, many Americans. And actually, you know what? We'll go here first, actually. Let's do Jake And Sullivan. they want you to buy an electric car they that do. costs $60,000 And lithium batteries are actually now going to be a shortage. You know, if uh, your battery goes bad in one of those cars after a few years, and they don't last forever, they're like $20,000 to replace. Yeah, it's the cost of what would be a typical vehicle for someone to buy, go get like a new car instead. Um, but here, I want to play this actually. This is Jake Sullivan answering a question about delinquency, credit card issues, just everything going on in our country and saying that, you know what? Eh, there's there's reasons to be optimistic. <laughs> of course, there's reasons to be optimistic. Given that you said bolstering the World Bank is not about countering China, in this country, credit card delinquencies have spiked, mortgage rates are through the roof, inflation remains a problem. Meanwhile, the federal deficit this year has almost tripled, and the president wants to increase uh, funding to foreign nations through the World Bank. How is that fair to citizens in, say, Scranton? Look, I think citizens in Scranton recognize that problems that happen overseas don't stay overseas. They come here, too, at great cost to working people. COVID came here from overseas. Uh, when there's massive debt or instability or conflict elsewhere, it has a drag on the global economy, and America is part of the global economy. So we have to pay more money to other places, and then eventually that money will somehow get back to you, Mark. How do you feel about that? Well, he's, he's full of crap. <laughs> yes. Because uh, Trump showed, while he was president, that you could manufacture things here, mm -hmm. that you could produce your own energy here. We were energy independent. He brought uh, you know, the, the car manufacturers moved back, many of them, to plants here. Sure. You can do that. You, we can make our own goods. We don't have to be reliant, reliant on anyone on, else. And, and, and that goes, you know, we have everything we need right here under our feet. We, and by the way, we have some of the richest soil in the world here in central Illinois. That's why we're one of the largest producers of corn anywhere in the world. Uh, you mm -hmm. have certain counties that are only miles away that produce more corn than almost any place that's known. I don't know what you're talking about because Biden just told me and Jake Sullivan just told me we have to give money to the World Bank somehow. That's the only way we can survive. Well, we have it, to. It, it, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm definitely no, kidding. But I mean, let, let's, yeah. let's be frank. Okay. They're, they're exposing themselves because what we're finding out about at least people in this particular administration, not to say others are clean, there's a lot of money laundering going on. <laughs> what? No way. You know what I mean? A, yeah, I'm, I'm aware, especially in places so, like Ukraine, yeah. where that was a pretty big problem well up until uh, but the you have people, war became people a different People here who can't afford to pay their mortgages, and they're right. talking about other countries. Those people... You know, there's people losing their homes. Well, here I have more from Jake Sullivan talking about how providing funding uh, stream, streams to other countries is somehow good for us. This is an affirmative uh, agenda. It is an agenda about providing high standards, transparent, sustainable, uh, resilient 
mm-hmm. funding streams to countries yep. that cut through the red tape and give not just the poorest countries in the world, but middle-income countries who are dealing with the stresses of climate and COVID and migration and, and the war in Ukraine access to capital that they can actually take advantage of and put to work. That's not against anybody. That is that's just helping out. We're just we're sending money over here and then it's going to go over there and then eventually somehow it, it comes back. Has here. he seen <laughs> has he seen the video of the kids and you've seen this. A yeah. lot of people have seen this. Have you have you have has he seen the video of the, the little kids who are mining cobalt to make these lithium batteries for these EVs? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, okay. That's crazy. How about how about addressing that, that poverty sure that concern that that issue and that by the problem. way they're, they're, they're not working eight hour days with lunch breaks well and the other thing that i think is kind of interesting about this is it's a fairly similar mindset to when the vice president went down to a few different countries in central america and said we're going to give you guys some more money and then we helped you improve uh living situations for the people in these countries so that people stop showing up at our border and she wagged her finger and said don't come to the border the border is closed uh, the money we give to a lot of countries doesn't make it into the hands of the people we claim uh, we're trying to get the money in the hands of, and people still at record numbers show up at our border to get into our country. So what's funny to me is is even if this was a, a earnest version of a plan and not a dishonest money laundering thing that a lot of people believe it to be, uh, the odds that money actually lands in the places we're selling the American people on it landing are so tremendously low, non-existent, uh, that the reality is that nothing gets better. No one's life changes, uh, except things get harder for us here, because as you said, the investment in, in our country is non-existent comparatively for apparently these reasons. Well, all you, you know, these are the same people who created the system where, I'll use New York as an example, they get all kinds of federal funding, and the more money that the state or the city gets... Mm. The more homelessness there is, yep. the more garbage there is, sure. the bigger the rats get. So this, this, <laughs> where, is where is this money going? Right. Okay. Yeah. And, I don't know. And so, no, I, I know you don't know, but I know you know one thing. It's not going where it's supposed to. We think right. it should be going because right. these problems aren't disappearing. They're getting worse. Well, my favorite, actually, and this is all in the same line of logic, and this is something that happened, I think, on Friday of last week. But it is my favorite thing is uh, the president of the United States was speaking, and he said something about the Inflation Reduction Act. And he finally said the words out loud, if he hasn't said them before, that a lot of people have known since the beginning of that bill, which it doesn't actually do much for inflation. I think he said it's misnamed because it, it really should be about climate change and the truth is that that's just a selling point to, to voters right now but the money never goes the places you tell us it's going and they're fairly obvious about that and the best example to me is the president admitting that the inflation reduction act is not called what it should actually be called that that's hilarious in a different way i, I want to transition to something else though i, I like this a lot uh, this is adam schiff for some reason, appearing on television, although it's uh, Jen Psaki's MSNBC show, so probably he's on the Rolodex all the time. By the I way, imagine. shouldn't shouldn't he be on trial? I sure. Didn't he lie during the entire uh, investigation? January sixth investigation stuff. Didn't we find out that? He, he whoopsied a few times. <laughs> he, well, he didn't he make up the contents of an email or a letter? I remember that story. Yeah. Um, I I. 
would think that if rules are fair and if uh, Trump is facing 6,000 different uh, court cases, that Schiff should it's be in a courtroom rules, somewhere. It's, it's law. laws. Law. I know. I'm aware. Um, the rules are not the same for Democrats and Republicans. You know this, Mark. Uh, here, let's play this. This is Adam Schiff saying that the, amend- that the 14th Amendment might actually be a logical way to prevent Donald Trump from even running for office. It is insane. I just want to say this before I even play this audio. It is insane to even contemplate going down this road. And I don't even mean from a legal standpoint. I don't want to argue, argue the legalese of whether the 14th Amendment is or isn't valuable in this context. It's sudden, not. All of a sudden, they respect the Constitution. But <laughs> but when they close schools and force people to get vaccines, federal workers, you know, uh, airline pilots, mm-hmm. they, didn't, they didn't respect the Fourth Amendment, yeah. which, uh, which uh, guarantees the security of your papers and your person. They didn't respect that. No, they didn't. Um, But this to me, and I said this on Friday, is the death knell, I think, in the world of claiming that this isn't political prosecution. If you try to prevent Trump from being on ballots, I, I, I don't know how much further you could go to try to tell the American people you're not allowed to decide who the next president is. We are. There's, that's the only right. way that you can inter, uh, interpret this. But here we go. There's an argu- argument uh, circulating about whether the 14th Amendment that prohibits anyone, in, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion from holding public office bars Trump from running for president. Now, this hasn't been tested in our system before. <laughs> uh, do you think, what is your thought on whether that? I love that. We haven't really tested this before. <laughs> it's it's something that was created because of the Civil War. We didn't want people that were uh, warring against our country to wind up sitting in positions of power uh, then, and now we think Trump is akin to them. Here it's a valid go. argument. I think it is a valid argument. Uh, you know, the 14th Amendment, uh, Section 3, is pretty clear. If you engage in acts of insurrection or rebellion against the government, or you give aid and comfort to those who do, you are disqualified from running. Is he actually, he, uh, Trump has not been uh, charged with insurrection well, anywhere, know, right? It, it's the, it, it, that's the overthrow of the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. You could make a case that Adam Schiff is guilty of, of violating the 14th Amendment, by exactly what we were just discussing, that he tried to undermine a sitting president lying during he was the head of the committee, by the way, yeah that was that was that was ha- holding these hearings. so if mm-hmm. if you and I'm just you know you you may disagree with me, but think about this. It's been proven that what he said was false. It's been proven that he made some of this stuff up. So if he was doing that to undermine the president, uh-huh. isn't he guilty of violating the 14th Amendment? And shouldn't he not be eligible Look, to hold office? Here's, here's the thing I don't want to do. But I'm, I'm, no, I, no I, I understand I, what I'm you're saying. I'm not asking you to agree with me, but no, I'm, I'm saying that I'm I, using his premise. And I have, I have yeah, no, I know. And, I, and you're doing a great job of it. I have no reason to argue with anything you're saying. But I don't necessarily want to try to no. find ways that the 14th Amendment has or hasn't been violated by anyone. No, I, I think that my, it's sort of ridiculous. My point is, yeah. is that what he's doing, and mm-hmm. he's not the only one who's guilty of this, sure. is he's projecting what he's guilty of. Onto, onto someone, someone else. else. Yeah, no, I understand. And it. he's not the only one who's doing no, it. No, although I don't know if the 14th Amendment thing was Schiff's idea or someone else's. Well, and I, I the wonder... reporter brought, brought it up, and it, sure. it, these reporters sometimes, like when you watch one of these presidential debates, they're throwing softballs up for yeah. certain candidates True. that they want, you know, 
to, to, to address sure, certain subjects. To go certain, well, well, it's honestly there, Chris Christie's whole role in this um, entire um, Republican thing is to try to crap yeah. all over Trump well, and be propped up by media. What they do on these TV shows is they put, they put things out there on the airwaves and they're, they're kind of testing to see how the public reacts sure. to it. Well, and MSNBC won't get a, a good um, idea of the general public. It'll get a good idea of a pretty far left well, version of the public. Yeah, but if they don't get uh, kind of a resounding mm-hmm. acceptance of these ideas, yeah. and every week it's something else, then they know that, okay, this is... We, we no, need, I know. We, I, I there's understand. no reason for I, us to pursue this I any agree. further. I agree. I believe what you're saying is Th- true. That's been happening for years. That's I, I think new. it's actually also true of conservative media and conservative yes. radio. Yes. That there's sometimes that you hear a idea, and it seems to have sprouted somewhere in the world of actually broadcasters. It happens at 4 o'clock in the morning when they get the memos. <laughs> sure. And then eventually you hear the uh, politicians saying some yes. of the same things that the broadcasters were well, saying. Well, let's just go back to the beginning of COVID. How did all of these governments all around the world, in the span of a few hours, come up with the idea of 14 days to slow the spread? Like that... How did that happen? I don't know. Oh, well, you know how. Yes, sure. You, you okay, do know fine, how it fine, fine, fine. Yes, I, I think I can follow the logic you're, you're throwing out you're there. You're a pretty intelligent guy. I know. I understand, I understand what you're saying, It wasn't saying, a Mark. coincidence. I know. Uh, at the same token, obviously, a lot of people knew that it wasn't just going to be 14 days, and it wasn't. Although, let's talk about that for a quick second, and then we'll take a break, sure. and we'll get back to other stuff. Uh, there's sort of a debate out there as to whether or not... <laughs> Um, I don't know if that's even the right thing to call it. Is there a debate? Well, whether or not they'll really go back to all these different um, mandates and things. And Fauci was all over uh, media over the weekend, Mm -hmm. which was sort of surprising. I saw that. uh, Talking a lot about masks and even getting questions that I thought were pretty good. By the way, he he was completely shut down on the whole masks are effective thing. And it was on one of, it was on CNN. I know. I was just going to say that. One of the networks that was, you know, holding his robe as he walked down the aisle to the podium. Yeah, no, throwing out flowers as he would walk by. Um, So they were, they were, they were critical. I was going to say that though, that, that one of the bigger challenges is the idea that there's a whole bunch of data out there that demonstrates that mask mandates did not do anything to impact COVID. Um, And Fauci's answer was terrible, but here, here's what I'm trying to get at. Um, I wonder if we really will go as far down the road as some people are concerned about us going, because I do think the the American I, like mindset has changed. I, I don't think it's it's likely that many people um, would do any of the things that they'd be asked to do this time around. Do you and think I a business owner is going to shut his business down? I again? don't think so. If he survived the first time, right? So if if that is true, if um, you know Democrats, Republicans, if everyone knows that, then I, I would think that going down the road of trying to shut things down would be um, catastrophic to the likelihood of Democrats winning any kind. Parents of Parents aren't going to let their kids be shut out of school. Sure. You know, I heard the guys. Who precede you talking Markley, about this Van earlier Robin, today? Sure. Uh, I, Jamie Markley brought up an, a very, very interesting point. If you're a fourth grader this year, this is the first year of normal school and learning that you've had, which means crazy. You're way behind. Oh yeah, the fourth graders right. of previous and not generations. just not just academically, but socially. Um, yes. you're seeing the impacts of of COVID a myriad of ways, and so I think parents would just want their kids interacting with other kids yes. in a place because that's going to help you from a social standpoint. Yeah, um, so I, I agree with all that. So that's the big reason that I don't think we'll actually get to the point where many mandates return, um, because I think it would actually be political suicide in a way for Democrats to try to do it this time. Oh, well, hold on. That's not right. Let's make that stop. That's the intro to my show again. You should just play that under your show. I should, yeah, so, that's great. Some shows... I love that. They, some shows, you've probably play heard it this, out. a lot of sports shows, 
they play music under the whole show. I know. Just it's so, kind of sort subliminally. Of, sort of annoying uh, to it me is. at a point. Yeah. But some people like that. But uh, um, intro aside, do you think that we actually will have all those mandates attempted? Uh, do you think that someone on a television somewhere is going to be saying some sort of lockdown uh, is, a, is an idea that they back? I know that they're saying the CDC is already telling us to get uh, vaccines, but I, I don't think a lot of Americans are likely to do that. I know some will. And I'm not judging. I want to say this, too, by the way, just real quick. I'm not judging. No, you this is if about you whether to get you it. should do something because right. you're being, quote unquote, mandated Told to, to do it. As opposed because you think it's the right decision yeah. for you. Yeah, it, it's the right. it's the only time in our lives yeah. where we've been told that we have to do something. No. And, and I don't care if somebody choice. wears them. If I see somebody out, I've, I saw some people in Chicago wearing masks and I, I didn't I didn't care. Um, it, it's not about that. Right. It's about the it's, control it, thing. It's about the government telling you what you have to do. And by the way, the CDC is not a legislative body. They also have a terrible track record recently. Well, so it, I know they can't make any neither, rules. Neither is the EPA and right. neither is the FDA. They're not a legislative body. They don't make law. You don't. Ha- you can do what you want. Sure. You know, you're allowed to smoke cigarettes. That's bad for you. You're allowed to drink until you become an alcoholic and maybe ruin your liver. Sure. That's not right. illegal. You're right. So what the hell? <laughs> I like that for Mark. But I want to ask you that simple question. I would love an answer. Do you think that we're actually going to go back to a day where someone on a TV somewhere in the future is telling us we got to lock down, we got to do this, we got to well, do that? There, I, honestly, yeah. we have some states in this country, and this might be one of them, where they're going to try that. But I don't think, I agree with you, I don't think the people this time are going to lay down and have their jobs taken away and have yeah. their kids wrecked. Uh, or, or or anything else. And by the way, th- this economy, which is on fire, mm-hmm. can't afford to shut down right now. No, it cannot. No, I agree with you, too. All right, let's take a break. Let's do a lot more after the break. Uh, I have a question about the five-year plan, a, a financial plan that Americans say they can no longer uh, sustain or follow and that it's really like a 12-year plan. I got some stats on that and some other things in just a bit. 1470, 100.3. And executing the project. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hanging out, uh, talking a bunch on and off the air, as we always do. I did want to, because I've teased this twice now, actually paid off. Nearly three quarters of respondents said the five-year plan is less achievable today than ever before. 74% of people, uh, because of rising household expenses, inflation, school debt, a bunch of different costs, uh, Gen Z, are worried about um, as much as baby boomers, their future. People are saying that you need to plan a 12-year uh, version of uh, expenses and, and safety net in order to realistically be able to achieve any financial goals you might have. Do you agree with that, that the five-year plan is dead and a 12-year plan is necessary? Well, I, don't, I don't know what the five-year plan is. When I was a young person, uh, and I, I, this, I'll be very frank with you, when I was a younger person and I started thinking about investing, for my future, my attitude was, I want to try and, if I can, put as much away as aggressively as I can, and I probably wasn't as aggressive as I should have been, sure. so that I wouldn't have to rely on any other entity when I'm an old guy, mm-hmm. which I'm now in that category, <laughs> according, you according, said it, according to some people, uh-huh. so that I can feel like, hey, if anything happens, right, and I, I, I don't... I don't feel totally safe because, you know, you got money tied up in markets sure. and things like that. They and you fluctuate. M- you move it around mm-hmm. and you try to put it in places where it's a little bit more, you sure. know, rock solid. Uh, 
but I felt like okay, if I when I get old enough to collect Social Security, if I if it's still there, that'll be icing on the cake. Like in other words, I I could you go along. Depend, yeah, I got yeah, you. I'm yeah. not going mm-hmm. to approach it as being dependent on that money. Mm-hmm. That would be extra money. Sure. So my answer to your question, and I apologize for it being a long answer. That's okay. Is anybody? who thinks in terms of five years or even 12 years, is short-sighted. It's a lifelong uh, journey mm-hmm. in, in terms of financial security. Yeah, well, they are saying that about people who say uh, followed the old um, system of, of retiring at a certain age and with the longevity uh, that people are... You know, are... I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but sure, I, 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 saw, I saw something the other day, and I've got it on my phone somewhere, but it'll take too long to look up, but I sent it to my son because I'm always kind of feeding him some information and encouraging him to put money away, and he does. But um, this, it was a financial guy, and he was sort of mapping out how much money over the course of his lifetime, and I'm, I'm guessing he was in his 50s or maybe 60 years, you know, a veteran guy who's been doing it for a long time, how much money had been uh, withheld from his paycheck for Social Security and Medicare. And what that money would be worth today if he simply took that money and put it in a vehicle that paid 5% interest. We're not talking about stocks. We're not talking about mutual funds. Just a 5% a year vehicle, and there are plenty of them out there, and he, that money would be worth $1.97 million today. Wow. And then he was explaining, but what's going to happen is... I'm going to get a monthly check when I finally apply for Social Security for $3,700 a month and only for as long as I'm alive. Yeah. And he'll never get back what he put in. He'll ne- That's right. So yeah. the whole idea and what he was basically saying without saying it is most people, and, and the possibility exists for everybody, but most people, certainly all working people, would be able to retire much, much earlier than we envision retirement age now if they were able to keep that money that's being withdrawn from their checks. They would have so much money if they simply put, and that's safe, right? Mm-hmm. A 5%. Sure. You're not going into well, stocks. You're not gambling on the markets going up and down. You made another great point in all this, too, in saying if it's still there, because the truth is that the money that is taken out and the way it's being utilized by the government means at some point the whole system's going to collapse Well, that anyway. money was never supposed to be used for anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and we all know it is. Right. I mean, technically, it's not there. <laughs> right. There's nothing there. They're bar- well, no, they're borrowing it. Do you do they're you agree with it? Since they're we're talking it. about this now, I might as well just go this yeah. road. Do you agree with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy that we should go back to? I know. I think you do. The gold standard yeah. because printing money is one of the biggest problems, and the reason that inflation has gotten so well, ridiculous. Well, I mean, think about it, Craig. <laughs> if you print money, mm-hmm. now, now, now think about this. No, I agree with you. I think, but go ahead. If, I'm going to I'm going to use I'm going to use two different examples here. If you print money. Is that money worth any more than what's in a Monopoly game? No. It's just paper with numbers on it. Right. Now, think about this. If they can print money, why do we have to pay taxes? I don't have a good answer to you. I like that question a lot. Yeah, just print some more. Put it in some of the places you need it. and then uh, You don't need not... my money. <laughs> I, know I you... need my money. Actually, you know, it's... And by the way... I worked for that money. I took time out of my life 
it's one of my favorite things we talk about sometimes, and listeners reach out like and Like, you're going to be here all week. You're going to be here all week. Five days. Uh-huh. I don't know Four. if you're coming on Saturday. Uh, three. Okay, well, yeah. you're going to be... normally. Normally, you're going to be here all week. Right. Working your shift. I know you. You put in time at home. I do. You're doing prep work, so uh-huh. you're, really, you're really working off the clock. Yeah. And the government is going to take... take some. So here, now think about this. And I hate to be so harsh, but it's true. It's okay. You're in the government prison. They're making you pay them part of your blood, sweat, and labor yeah. for something that they didn't have anything to do with. I know. It's not fair. I, I agree with you. It's now not think fair. think of you've, the business owner. <laughs> I, you've talked about this before. Uh, you've, you've complained about the tax system before. And listeners usually light up my text saying how great it is to hear you crap all over the idea that we shouldn't be paying taxes. It's not in any so- kind I know, of... I didn't, no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, then what that's are you saying? That's not what I'm We all shouldn't right. be paying income taxes. Yeah, all right. What would we give to the government? We shouldn't be paying income taxes, Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't be paying over and over and over again on a piece of property that you you don't pay. And I shouldn't pay for the rainwater that hits my lawn. No. (laughs) I know you hate that one. So then how how would we have a system of of government that does things like – I'm asking this genuinely. Anyone who thinks I'm trying to challenge Mark, I'm not. I'm fascinated by this. Like to fix roads, for example. How would we fund that if there were no taxes? Okay. You you, – first of all, the – you pay municipal taxes. Sure. Okay? But what's happened over time is we've federalized everything. or right. like, They take a whole bunch or, of money. Yeah. Or the state, right? The state takes over. The state government takes over things like roads. Mm-hmm. Now, it's different for the highway system. The highway system, if you were not taxed on your income. Yeah. I That's just one example. If you I weren't don't taxed yeah. on your income, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a problem with a toll system on the interstates, okay? I know a lot of people are going to they're gonna kind of recoil with sure. that. But if you weren't paying any taxes, that would be a, well, a decent... It, yeah. I, no, again, this is not about not paying taxes. This okay. is about paying for what you're using. Yeah. Okay, so if you use the roads, you pay, you for, pay for the roads. Sure. Like, why, why should I pay for your kid's school district i don't know because i don't have any kids so if i, 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 I don't want to pay for that if, if if my kids have already graduated <laughs> yeah. right and i don't have any yes i agree okay. with you now here's here's a situation sure and a lot of the people who whose kids go to private schools anywhere but certainly here i'm sure this discussion has taken place in a lot of households why are we paying taxes to a school district and tuition for a private school like in other words Shouldn't there be yeah. a voucher system that says I'm paying over here? I don't have to pay over there. Right. So I get it. Like if you if yeah. you choose to send your and the reason they do that is because they try to discourage the average person who could never well, afford tuition for a private school. I want to make this as as from putting their kids in a private yeah. school because I, they want the public school system, which is you know there's a lot of stuff yeah, going on there. There's some issues. There's some issues. Uh, I, I want to make this as macro of a point as we can because I'm kind of enjoying it. I don't yeah. know. I hope the listeners are too. But this is You're essentially it because you agree with me. Sh- this is essentially my argument against giving money to the government yes. to fight climate change mm-hmm. because I don't care. <laughs> I, I said this on Friday. I don't care about the argument anymore as to whether or not climate change is real. I don't feel like that's a good use of our time because I know people will argue on both sides and they'll point to experts who say certain things. But the truth is that no matter what the, the reality is there in the, in the climate of our world, 
giving money to our government and asking them to fix that problem is the dumbest thing we could possibly do if there is a problem. And it's for all the reasons you just said. It's the it's the fact that you claim that money's going to this and then it goes over here and it goes over there and it gets it gets lost. Some yeah. of it gets lost somehow. Well, and then it gets sent to other countries for other stuff. And, and it's just it's so funny to me that there are so many people. I'm millennial, so I talk to a lot of people my age and a little younger than me who swear to me that climate change is the accidental threat to our society that the president says it is there and were, then the second part they say and we have to we have to do more as a government to stop it the government is not going to fight it the way you think they are they're not going to send all the resources you give them toward a problem that you've decided is the problem and, we need to and fight. by the way it, it it's not a problem but beyond that forget about that yeah i don't i don't care to have that argument here's the point i think you're kind of making this point sure the government can't solve homelessness or hunger. No. How are they going to fix the climate? Yeah, they're not. And by the That's way... That's Mother Nature. Right. By the way, the funniest thing to and me... And by the way, these people like Oprah, <laughs> who are now panhandling on social media for donations for Hawaii... Yeah. For Maui? Yeah. For Lahaina? Did you hear that audio I played of that woman who went viral about this? Go ahead. Keep going. Well, uh, there's a lot of people who've gone by, uh, viral who, who live there, who, who yes. are saying some very interesting things. Yes. But my point is... The yeah. People like Oprah and mm-hmm. others, Pan, they, she's a billionaire. For yeah. God, she, could, she could take care of some of these people all by herself yes. and not even make a dent in her bank account. So why is she asking me I'm gonna for play, donations? I'm going to play this audio for you because of what you just said there. Uh, this went viral. This is a young black woman saying all the things Mark just said about Oprah and The Rock, um, which I thought was really funny. And then we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll do some stuff toward the end. But here we go. Oh, they got all of us all the way on up is what's going on. We don't give a f- about no new COVID strain in the United States. <laughs> oh, I know. This is the other one. I love that one, that too. That's a different week, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's a different lady. Uh, there's another one. You know what? I'll take a break and I'll come back to it. But she's the one who said she's not going to fall for it a second time. She did, yes. Yeah. That, that woman is awesome. The COVID shutdown. Yes, but there's another woman out there that went viral that said that um, um, why are a billionaire and a millionaire asking for money from you and me? That's my question. Could, yeah, I know. I know it is. Um, all right, so we'll take a break so I can actually find it because I know I have Makes it. Makes you wonder how many other other times we've been duped in the same sort things, of way yeah on things yes. like that yeah no it's true all right uh, we got to take a break a lot more in a bit 1470 100 point equal opportunity employer 1470 100.3 WMBD it's the Craig Collins show uh, Mark Strauss was just talking about Oprah and The Rock asking for people to donate money to a Maui uh, relief fund uh, so people can help out with everything that happened in Hawaii doesn't Oprah have enough money to Oprah fund does. that all by herself well and I remember seeing some sort of um, instead uh, of panhandling to all of us peons <laughs> I remember seeing some sort of aspect about it where The Rock and Oprah uh, committed 10 million dollars I don't know who committed more of the two Oprah's worth more than the rock is yeah but they didn't say they committed 10 million of their, <laughs> of own, their own money no i don't think they said that either but uh what's funny about you uh saying how stupid that was is i remember on friday that i played audio of a woman and i can't find the original clip but i found the audio from friday so here's me talking about exactly what mark just ranted about and a viral piece of audio from a young a black woman that doesn't understand why oprah and the rock need money from you and me to help out in maui so if you send a donation just click did i just witness what i think i witnessed 
Please don't tell me I just saw a billionaire standing next to a multi-millionaire <laughs> begging the average everyday citizen for donations that can barely get by due to a real-life recession, living paycheck to paycheck, barely can pay rent, <laughs> barely can put food on the table for uh -huh. our families, okay? happen, yes. living in a real-life recession in a country where our president is giving away all our resources, sources, and resources of to another country <laughs> for money. Is that what I saw? If you two don't go take your Hollywood elite behind to your other <laughs> Hollywood elite friends and politician buddies that got millions like you do and billions and get all that money together and help out Maui, you are out your damn mind. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Mark? Oh, she's right. <laughs> and every time you play a clip from one of these, you know, average American people respond, mm -hmm. it's a real... Uh, you're taking the temperature of the American people. That's why when you were talking earlier this hour about do you think if they try to lock down the country, sure. that people are going to go along with it. Th this woman is a good example, and, and sh oh, yeah. she's not an isolated case. No, you know, that, that video, like many others, I'm sure I hadn't heard it, but obviously you saw it, which means it would pass around thousands of times sure. before you saw it, sure. right? Because yeah. I'm not one a follower person, of hers. Yes. If one person sees it, it uh, you're, get, you're not yeah. going to see it. So that just tells you that uh, most people think that everything is upside down and they're not just going to lay down and take it anymore. I actually want to ask you one other thing, and this is sort of a tough topic to deal with two minutes left. And it's not baseball related, which is where I plan to go. <laughs> but now we're here. Um, there has been this viral reaction to Trump's mugshot from young black men. And yeah. there's a discussion about a, whether or not... There's a song out about it. I, there's a discussion about whether or not the mugshot itself will help get Trump more votes yeah. from that, that group of individuals because they see a kinship now in themselves and some of the things that they've dealt with or some of the things we talk about in society and Trump being wrongly gone after by the system uh, itself. Yeah. Do you think that that's real? Do you think yes. that there will... Okay. All right. I, I, I'm interested in that and how accurate that will wind up being when we have whatever data we get from any sort of voting. Well, and I know, I know you doubt that part. I think, I, think, I think a lot of the data we get is messed with. Sure. No, I know. I, we I learned that, that during COVID. Right. But even if there's any significant movement in a certain direction, that will be sort of um, significant to me because it would be the epitome of the left doing something that actually hurt the left far more than they thought it would hurt the right. Uh, to to lose a voting block uh, that might be uh, strongly, uh, at least assumed, to be strongly in a certain corner, uh, which is the black vote, uh, and to lose it because of the amount of attempts to put Trump in prison, uh, to me, is not something that I think anyone in the Democratic Party envisioned being a byproduct of what they're doing uh, in every single uh, court place in which they're doing it. So it's just, it's just sort of fascinating. I, I saw a lot of reactions to it, too, because I saw a lot of people arguing on social media as to whether or not it's real or, or not, or, or if people... You you know, genuinely mean these things they mean, but but again, it, it seems to be a pretty significant um, uh, potential reaction out there that might only increase the amount of people that. And I played audio of this when the mugshot first came out. A young guy that said, "I'm not a Trump fan." He made fun of him for being orange, and he goes, "But this is the coolest mugshot I've ever seen." And I'd put it on every piece of merchandise for me uh, in my life. And so, to me, again, that that seems to be screaming about something very different. See, than Trump's people... helping the economy, and he's not even in office. Apparently, uh, obviously, All right. the guys are thinking about using it for merchandise. Right. Well, and he is too. Uh, Trump is selling those. Are, do you buy anything? You buy any of that merchandise? No. no? You don't want a mugshot mug. I'm, I'm very 
thrifty. Sure. Yes. I well, someday it'll be at a um, you know a Goodwill or something somewhere. Maybe you'll pick it up at one of those. Uh, we'll take a break. Thank you, Mark, for hanging out as you always do. I regret not asking about the Yankees, the Baby Bombers. Uh, they played very well over the weekend. <laughs> Probably not going to play well off September, but who knows? Who knows? Anything can happen in baseball. No, they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, Will's got the news. 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM, all over the internet. WMBDRadio.com. IllinoisSolarServices.com. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Lots of stuff to talk about, as I always say. Uh, first, let's play some audio of our president, and then let's go into how most Americans uh, think that uh, Biden. Actually, you know what's also interesting? I just reminded myself of something as I'm setting this clip up. I think it's one of the uh, biographers for uh, Biden said that he would not be completely shocked if Biden drops out of the race before the actual presidential uh, campaign sometime uh, next year, uh, before the actual part of it or during it. I, I don't know exactly. And I'm, I'm confused about an, an aspect of that. Uh, why would you let Biden run for so long before replacing him with someone else if the other person is likely to be more popular than Biden? So whoever the replacement is, if this does occur, and even the biographer for the current president said he wouldn't be it would be surprising, but not completely shocking, I think were the exact words. And so I, I simply asked that question, like, who would be the, the replacement uh, to be plucked out from somewhere and how would that have benefit? Uh, to not have that person already be campaigning now if they're likely to be more popular than our current president because, well, he's tremendously unpopular. I'll get to that in a second, though. Let's first play this. This is audio of uh, Biden saying that he had promised and he, he claims that he delivered that nobody who makes under $400,000 a year is going to pay a penny more in federal taxes. And I made a promise when I got elected so there'd be no mistakes. That no one making under 400000 any of you making for over four hundred grand here? No one making under $400,000 see the federal taxes go up a single penny. So now what? Use the malarkey that they say I'm raising taxes on middle class people. That's silly malarkey. Uh, that silly data that seems to say that if you make just $20,000 a year, your tax burden will be higher uh, than it was when Trump was in office uh, next year. Currently, uh, that's, that's the issue you're dealing with. But 400000 I'm just saying words now. It doesn't matter. Uh, what, what's funny to me about Biden and even arguing like things that Biden says at this point is the amount of lies you can point to that have nothing to do with politics. They have nothing to do with policy. Lying and telling you that he's not going to raise your taxes, that's, that's an OG uh, version of political lie. All the politicians do that. This isn't special. Uh, the thing I'm ranting about is, is fairly common uh, for both sides of the aisle, I would think. It's the other stuff that Biden lies about, like his house being decimated by a small kitchen fire that the Associated Press said got put out in 20 minutes, but he says took down half the home. Uh, those are the things that make me more amused about so much of this, including him saying that, that your tax burden is not any higher under me. And that's why I hired all those IRS agents and said that also, if anybody sells anything on the Internet, I'm figuring it out. And I'm going after you for anything you sell. Etsy accounts be darned. Uh, we're, we're taking everyone down now. But also, I promise it's not happening. All right, let's play this. This is actually uh, more relevant, probably. Uh, this is Fox News reporting on this, but I think it's a, a Washington Post uh, poll uh, that found that 60 percent of Americans believe that our president is currently mentally unfit for the 60 uh, percent of people think that he's unfit for the office. That that feels like that matters. 
You know, like in the world of, of if I'm just being very basic about this, not trying to dive deep into my political opinions or your political opinions or try to convince you of something or any of that crap, but just saying that the system feels a tad broken when a majority of Americans think the guy currently in the role is not mentally capable of the role. It's, it feels like there's some issues with how we do this stuff, how, how all this sort of goes, uh, when that is the overarching message. And not just that, but the entire Democratic Party is at least, quote-unquote, publicly backing uh, Biden being reelected for another four years. It'd be like you having a boss that you thought was mentally unfit to be in charge of you, and then when asked if you wanted him to keep his job for four more years, said, yeah, that seems good. That seems right. That, that's the guy we want. Why would we look outside for other people? Uh, that's the reality of today, and yet that reality uh, feels as though it's a controversial talking point in and of itself, that most people don't want the guy who's in charge to be in charge, and yet there's no one really running against him on his political side of the aisle. When asked if Biden is mentally up for the job, 36% said yes, 60% said no. 4% feel as though they're in Biden's world of mental capability, but I'll continue. Well, as we've seen in the past few weeks, basic things that someone like Joe Biden, who's been in politics for 40, 50 years, and who is saying that as he ages, he gets more wise, or wiser, rather. Um, <laughs> he hasn't done basic things as, as a commander-in-chief, no. not to mention a politician. The Maui fire situation is exactly one of them. Refus yes, he, he really did not... Um, only like uh, crap the bed or however you want to say it in the world of what he said when the president traveled to Maui to try to uh, make the people there in some way, shape or form feel like they could trust uh, the president, trust the government, that, that, that help was coming. I think that's like objective one when you go to those places and speak actually to the people in that place, not just to the television or whatever you think you're saying to the American people. And there's a bunch of interviews uh, of people in Hawaii saying Biden should have just should have just gotten back on his plane and gone home because he's obviously not helping. Even the seven hundred dollar thing, I wound up being a fairly significant version of this isn't anywhere near enough. And so I want to play one other piece of audio. Uh, it is making the rounds. People are saying that Peter Ducey uh, was being a jerk or or whatever uh, he's being that people accuse him of being. Uh, it's essentially what people said about Jim Acosta uh, when he used to ask questions to Trump that it's it's performative, it's not real. But there's a humor. There, you got to admit there's a humor to this specific question because when you say, as they just said a moment ago, uh, that the things that are being handled by this administration don't actually seem to be things the president is involved in. Uh, and actually more often than I can remember of any former president in just the years he's been in office so far, his own administration has corrected stuff he said. He says something and they take it back. And that feels wrong. That feels like the opposite. Again, it feels like we have someone in charge that most Americans think is not mentally fit to run anything. I don't think you'd put Biden in, front, in charge of like a donut shop. I feel like you'd be worried about the outcome there. But here, let's play this. This is uh, Ducey asking the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, why uh, this administration babies the guy in charge. And she gets very upset with that line of questioning. Thank you, Corinne. President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the president of the United States, the commander in chief. Like a baby? What sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the president, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? 
So look, uh, I'll say this. Oh, I love when uh, Peter Ducey brings the. I want to play this all again because I like this a lot. I love when he brings the 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 receipts with him. Uh, because people say that, again, he's just obnoxious. He's Jim Acosta 2.0, uh, which is what conservatives said about uh, that guy every time he asked uh, Trump anything. Uh, but again, when you when you back up the why do they treat him like a baby with apparently Biden said this himself, uh, then you have a very different version of an answer. So here we go. Thank you, Corrine. President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the president of the United States, the commander in chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this book that says That's ridiculous. when staff That's a ridiculous walked back claim. what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the president, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever babied like that? So look, uh, I'll say this. <laughs> Um, there's- oh, it's so good. That, that part is so good before we even get to the actual answer. Um, you know, the president seems to believe that he's being treated like a toddler because you guys, as I said a second ago, um, try to correct stuff that he says. And you act as though you're the definitive authority on the role of the president, not the guy who's in the role of the president. going to be a range, always a range of books. Uh, Look, they're going to say stuff uh, about there, every some books, as you know, I've read books. Uh, that's going to have a variety <laughs> of claims. That is not unusual. That not, happens all the time. It's not true. And though. we're not going to litigate those here. That's something no. that we're not going to uh, speak to. They're, we're not going to speak to it. But that that reporter is a dirty liar. He's a dirty, awful liar is what she's saying. There is one thing that I do want to because I think I was asked this question last mm-hmm. week. I'm by just going to make up a new question about this particular excerpt uh, that they uh, were referring to. And so I'll say this, you know, we did see the excerpt, excerpt go, the context uh, of the excerpt, and it seemed to be making the opposite overall point about how the value of his experience and wisdom <laughs> resulted in rallying the free world against authoritarianism, which is important. We have seen that. We, we, we read it, and we felt something totally different. When we read the thing you just said, where the president fumed that he's being treated like a toddler and that they didn't treat other presidents, uh, historically valuable presidents, the same way, what we read is that Biden's a genius. And we don't have to ask you any more questions about that. We don't have to go any deeper into this. That's amazing. That back and forth is amazing. And also just the beginning of it. I'm not going to play it a third time, but I do really love it uh, because I wonder if when Ducey finished the first very simplistic question, uh, why do they treat him like a baby? And Corinne Jean-Pierre said, that's ridiculous. You're silly. If in like the back of um, uh, Ducey's brain, he was so excited. He doesn't break his poker face, but I imagine he was predicting that exact answer. And he, as I said, brought the actual information with him to say, this is where this is coming from. This is not me just being a tool or a jerk or whatever you think I am. Uh, This is me actually asking a question that seems relevant to what people are claiming is happening behind the scenes. But this is the guy uh, that we want four more years from if you're the Democratic Party. You say uh, that makes them. And again, I I, I just simply say this to say this because I know it's a. It's a big conspiracy, if that's what you want to call it, thing out there that at some point Biden will step down and someone else will step up or he'll appoint someone um, to certain roles and whatnot. If he steps down during his first term in office uh, before that term is over, then, uh, well, we already know who becomes the president. It's the vice president. Uh, but if that doesn't occur, then at some point here, um, someone else is going to have to have a campaign of some kind and actually in order to try. Or I guess you could say, if you want to go full conspiracy theory, that Biden would get reelected and then step down. And if um, uh, his vice president is still Vice President Harris, she becomes the president. I don't know. Uh, but, but I'll say this, and this is just a simple question I've asked friends of mine who, who feel this way. 
if the president is this deeply unpopular, what is the point of doing that? Wouldn't it be more beneficial to Democrats to run whoever the real candidate is now? Uh, the only reason that they wouldn't be running the real candidate now is if Biden won't let them. Uh, but if Biden is complaining about being treated like a toddler, I don't know how that exists. I, I just someone tell me, anyone tell me, anyone who's yelling at the radio right now how much of an idiot I am, how wrong I am, what the benefit is of running this this. I wanted to say a bad word there, and I can't. This is radio. But this mess of a person, uh, and a mess of a person as far as this amount of uh, support or lack of support he has with the general public, instead of anyone else. Uh, is it just so Trump can't start lobbing attacks at that other person? Or, or whoever winds up being the Republican candidate can't lob attacks at that person? Because, again, I feel like all of it doesn't matter uh, in the world of of um, people who would not vote for Trump, people who hate that guy and would vote for well, Biden or anything uh, to replace him. And then also the amount of people who might actually be interested in hearing from a candidate that's not Biden on anything as far as the Democratic side of the aisle goes. Because it's like to have the best player on your team on the bench and start the guy that really should never have made the team at all. That's the version of world we're in if people claim that. I know Gavin Newsom is someone they say is the bad. I don't think that's true. I, I think that Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins call him the haircut, and he feels like he is just a haircut and not much else. Uh, but I just simply ask that question as to, to why, because I'm curious about it. And these uh, data points seem to continue to indicate that running a fake, if he was wildly popular, if it was any president that felt like they were shooing to be reelected, I would understand this more. But Biden is so unpopular that it just it just feels like the dumbest uh, plan possible if it's real that he's not going to uh, step down until, you know, some secret move can be made. But all right, I'll take a break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3. Go to com. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Holland Show. I want to play a piece of audio of uh, Bill Maher and Joe Rogan. Uh, it's actually, I think, just Bill Maher, but he's on Joe Rogan's podcast. And what Maher is saying about the uh, connection, or in his opinion, lack thereof, between being a quote unquote liberal and being someone who is woke, and how stupid it is, has railed before against a lot of this stuff. Someone who's obviously very famous for being on the left. Uh, for all of his existence as a uh, public figure, I would think. Um, but he's even railed against Biden not taking stronger action or at least admonishing some of the conversations that exist in what Bill Maher has deemed uh, woke culture because it benefits uh, Biden or Democrats from a political standpoint, from a voter standpoint. I think that this like minute of audio is pretty interesting. And, and granted, it is Maher defending uh, Democratic or, or liberal positions. And I know a lot of people listening to the show or a lot of people in general uh, would not really feel as though they're as separate as Maher is trying to make the argument for them being. But the, the second half of what he said, I think, is probably the most beneficial because it does feel today that a position that, say, conservatives uh, are likely to take and then be yelled at for is a position that um, liberal uh, people long took up until whatever time recently in the world of race specifically. But here we go. To make the case that liberal is a different animal than woke. Yeah, because it is. And uh, you can be woke with all the nonsense that that now implies. Um, but don't say 
that somehow it's an extension of liberalism. Right. Because it's most often actually an undoing of liberalism. Here's the thing I'll say, though, already to interject, and then I'll let it continue, is Marr himself has said that the Democratic politicians refuse to separate the two because of the political value of them. I can play some of that audio maybe after the break, but it's it's a criticism he's had even specifically of Biden. So you can have your points of view and your positions on these things, but don't try to piggyback on what I've always believed. I have always believed, as liberals do, for example, in a colorblind society, that the goal is to not see race at all anywhere for any reason. Yes. That's what liberals always believed all the way through. Obama, going back, Kennedy, everybody, Martin Luther King. That's not what the woke believe. They believe race is first and foremost the thing you should always see everywhere, which I find interesting because that used to be the position of the Ku Klux Klan, that we see race first and foremost everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so... Again, you can have that position, but don't say that's a liberal position. You're so he's fighting against the idea that woke and liberal should be tied so deeply together, as many people do, as a millennial, as uh, a person who has a lot of uh, friends in my generation, and uh, certainly a lot of people that I, I know and talk to uh, in the generation below me and Gen Z. Um, there is a, a need. Actually, my my favorite and I don't mean favorite in like a positive way, but argument that I've ever had with anyone uh, piggybacks off something that academics are teaching in certain places is that you can't be racist if you're of a minority race because you are oppressed and you can only be racist if you're oppressing, not if you're um, being oppressed. And that to me is one of the most scary oversimplifications uh, or just ridiculous standpoints you have on so many things because anybody can be racist. Being racist means you view people negatively based on their race. That's that's what that means. And so if you do that, you're, well, being racist. Um, I, I can't believe that anyone has to argue that stuff uh, or any of this. And Marr seems to be in the same camp of wondering why uh, so many different things seem tied to political. And I, honestly, I've said it on the show and I'll say it again and I'll take a break. I think a lot of what we argue about right now uh, in the world, and you take a, a Republican position or a Democratic position or call it conservative, liberal, whatever words you want to use, are not um, political things at all. Uh, they're, just, they're just things that people would talk about in their lives in some other way. I even think some of the, the laws that politicians on both sides of the aisle uh, pass are trying to get people to vote for them because they, they want to be perceived as people who are fighting uh, this social uh, cause or that social cause a certain way, when the reality is not only are the laws unnecessary um, and, and usually not terribly impactful in some of this stuff, um, but the position of the politicians shouldn't matter anywhere near as much as it does to, to everybody. And if you find out that someone votes opposite you, you shouldn't think that that means that they have to hate social you know issue this or social issue that or, or person who says this or does this and that seems to be a broken part of our society right now that used to not be the case you used to vote a certain way for maybe a reason of some kind that had nothing to do uh, with anything you believed in the world of of uh, society and, and those rules. But darn it, that's the world we're in. I agree with Bill Maher uh, quite a bit, I guess is what I'm saying. All right, I'll take a break. A lot more in a bit. Uh, AM radio, it's 1470, FM 100.3, all over the internet. Uh, you can check us out on your um, app on your phone. Just download the WMBD radio app, click play, 
And you'll hear Will Stevenson live and local in our WMBD radio newsroom. Couple of breaking stories and an update to one we've been telling you this afternoon. First, the update. A Peoria woman wanted since a fatal stabbing near the middle of last month has been arrested. Peoria County jail records indicate 53-year-old Kathy Logan was arrested yesterday on a charge of first-degree murder. She was also found to be wanted on two Tazewell County warrants. Since then, today, a Peoria County grand jury has officially once again charged Logan Logan with this same murder. The stabbing happened August 10th near Western and Antoinette in the area of a gas station, and police said then Logan was identified by surveillance video captured near the scene. 26-year-old Tanazisha Green was pronounced dead at a Peoria hospital from what turned out to be a stab wound to the chest. Logan remains in the Peoria County Jail on $1 million bond, we now know. The death was the city's 12th homicide of the year. Meantime, we are also getting word about a grand jury indictment in another uh, homicide, the 15th one of the year. Um, A Peoria County grand jury uh, charged 17-year-old Avion Tapia with first-degree murder. This after the strangulation death of his mother, 36-year-old Vanessa Tucker, which uh, happened in the middle of August. Um, This was uh, near Wisconsin and Arcadia. Uh, Police were called there early one morning after reports of an unconscious female. Um, He will be tried as an adult, uh, as he is 17 years old, though. But again, a grand jury is charged first-degree murder. He's also jailed on a million-dollars bond. We're also getting word just in that Aaron Rossi, who is facing federal mail and tax fraud charges not connected to the now-defunct Redditus Labs, but from his time prior to starting Redditus, has officially had his bond revoked after several violations of his pre-trial released. He was arrested a few days ago and held until a hearing that was uh, just concluded not long ago at the Peoria County Jail. In that case, he's accused of selling off several vehicles that the court did not give him permission to sell off and violated curfew uh, one night. And again, we're learning that the judge at federal court in Peoria has uh, revoked the bond of Aaron Rossi. He's also uh, facing um, a state lawsuit uh, in Tazewell County over uh, the status of Redditus Labs, for which Rossi was likely selling those vehicles in order to pay back some of that debt. We'll have more on that as it comes in at WMBDRadio.com. WMBD News is brought to you by Uftering Weston Cadillac. Drive a new Cadillac today at the Cadillac of Cadillac dealers. Cadillac is hotter than ever nationwide and here in Peoria. Reserve an inbound Cadillac or custom order at Uftering Weston Cadillac in Peoria. Uftering. Some restrictions may apply. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Bunch of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. Um, What's the cure for jet lag? According to a brand new study, it's eating a big thing of breakfast. Uh, Once you arrive at whatever your destination is, doesn't matter if it's breakfast time, uh, Northwestern University and the Santa Fe Institute together um, built a mathematical framework to determine how travelers can best reset themselves in a new time zone and fend off jet lag. And it's putting yourself in a food coma, uh, more or less, is apparently the way to do it. I like this. This seems like a great thing to try. I can't wait the next time uh, Betty and I travel, although we never travel far enough to be 
in a ridiculously different time zone. But if we did, I can then tell her I need to immediately go and get a crap ton of food. And that is going to help us. I promise it'll be fine. we got to sit down and do the buffet uh, for a while. But that's uh, one of several things they said they can do. You can also sort of trick your brain uh, and try to prepare earlier for the clock changing in certain ways. That all seems trickier and harder. Uh, just eat a whole bunch of breakfast and everything will be fine. At least that's what they're telling us, and I have no reason to doubt them. Okay, fine. I have reasons to doubt them. Uh, I saw this story, and I, I wanted to mention it. However, quickly, uh, I'll talk about it. It's a bit adult in nature, so you know we'll use uh, our, our careful uh, version of talking. Uh, a woman in Illinois uh, by the name Zenny Zounds. I can't imagine that's actually her name, uh, that she was born with that name, but that's what she goes by now. She's 38 years old. She received uh, implants back in 2021 after undergoing all, all different kinds of other surgery, and she said she now wants to be the person with the, the largest um, you know, stuff of any person out there with that, the largest stuff. Uh, she got 2,300 CC expanders in October of 2022, uh, saying she had, um, three, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking about this, uh, three sizes, uh, bigger than other people have in 11 months. Um, her assets, as they're called by the New York Post, uh, weigh seven and 1.77. And uh, a little less than a half pounds, uh, the size of an average newborn baby. Uh, but she admits she's not done. She wants to keep going. Uh, she probably has some sort of uh, mental disorder. I'm going to be honest. I can't think there's any reason that this person would actually want to do this. Uh, but she is in the news, and she's trying to break uh, a unique record, if there is a record on this of some kind, of having the, the largest. But her, she's currently 38 double G and says she's on a mission to, to be even even bigger, even if that mission kills her. It feels like that's a, a bad trade-off there, but darn it, that's the world we live in. There's a whole story up there about that, too. And then one last thing, I just thought this was interesting, or, or maybe funny, and call it a palate cleanser after that story I just told you a second ago. Um, but this is a uh, mother who put audio up of her teenager uh, who had just had her tonsils removed, and she was complaining that they took away her tiny hat, uh, meaning the hairnet they give you at the hospital. She said she wanted her tiny hat back. As I said, this audio went viral, and I liked it enough as a palate cleanser here before we take a break, do some news, and then the top five at five, uh, the biggest news stories, according to me, uh, just after uh, we do our news uh, with Will. But here we go. Where'd my hat go? Do you want a hat to keep from home? No, it's really ugly. <laughs> but I really wanted it, and they took it from yeah, me. They, they took it off because most people don't like it. Well, they took it, and they took my tonsils. Yeah. That's what you came here for, to give them your tonsils. I didn't come here for them to take my hat. I want my hat. I just don't know if I can trust them now. You're kidding. You don't need it. Remember, you didn't You can't trust them. You don't know that. You don't know it. I hate this hat now. Well, why don't we just keep it, just in case you want it Yeah, well, I'm going to want it at home. Yeah, you will. And I might want to wear it daily and stuff. I might want to wear it daily. I might not. I don't know. Uh, This is a thing now. People put up videos of their loved ones after they get drugged up and do some sort of uh, procedure at a doctor's office of some kind. And so this will live and follow this girl around for a long time. Some boss is going to make a joke about this because they went viral for their drugged up reaction to their tiny hat that got taken away at the hospital. All right, I'll take a break. Will will do some news and then I'll do the top five stories of the day. 
Uh, there's the five biggest stories, according to me, in uh, specific order, which I've been asked to do and I always struggle with. And I think the count will continue to help me uh, go through that. Uh, that's coming up in a bit. Uh, 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM, all over the Internet, WMBDRadio.com or the WMB. Get 10% off. Fourteen seventy, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Every day at this time, we do. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Craig Collins Show. That's right. Uh, this is the five biggest stories of the day, according to me, in specific order, because I've been told that's better. And it's hard for me to do them, especially on a day like today. Uh, there doesn't feel like there's a lot of uh, giant, huge uh, news out there. And darn it, I built one anyway. And I promise uh, these are the biggest stories. According to me, right now, uh, The Count has been helping us go through these. And also Dave Letterman at times. Uh, we have The Count here, ready to count stuff. Uh, and let's go with number one, the biggest story of the day. One. Now, the reason I picked this as the number one story is because people are going to tell you it's the number one story, not because I actually uh, feel that it's as important as as they do. And I'll tell you why I don't feel that way. Uh, but Trump's co-defendants are already turning against him. Uh, that's the headline in Politico. I think the Drudge Report had this as uh, its top story of the day. Other places are covering whether or not these co-defendants are going to start saying it's Trump's fault for this reason or that reason, especially in the Georgia case. Uh, but this article goes on to say that in court documents and hearings, lawyers for people in Trump's orbit, both high-level advisors and lesser-known associates, that people are starting to reveal glimmers of a tried-and-true strategy in cases with many defendants. Betray the person at the top as the kingpin who organized everything. I love that that's in there, that it's the tried-and-true strategy. When you're being accused of something and you can tell in the room – and they can tell in the room that nobody wants you to be in trouble for this thing because nobody cares about you anyway, that all you have to do is say certain stuff and then you're not in the room anymore. And then you're probably on your way to, to living most of your life without uh, that many uh, problems. So just tell us uh, that the big bad guy that we know is the big bad guy is, in fact, the big bad guy. And then everything is better for you. Uh, and that's why I said that this is supposed to be the number one story, but I don't think it is. Um, what I am more fascinated about I'll tell you this honestly, and this is not attempting to, to overly defend the former president or, or whatever, uh, but I'm fascinated as to whether or not any of this information. I know the federal case is unlikely to have any sort of cameras in any kind of rooms, uh, but it'll eventually leak out when the court cases themselves happen or in Georgia or anywhere else. Maybe they'll actually be televised um, because that'll probably be the moment when the American people decide whether they care about this or not for real. Uh, right now, a whole lot of conservatives, uh, a whole lot of polls uh, say this, uh, don't care. I think only 13% of people who identified as, as likely to vote Republican uh, think that Trump is responsible for any sort of crime, any sort of wrongdoing at all, and a whole lot of people see it as uh, political wrongdoing. Uh, but as is true and as will remain true, getting in the courtroom and telling the story in the courtroom, I think, is relevant. Uh, and I'm not saying that I, I expect it to change people's opinions per se. Uh, maybe it, it changes opinions that aren't Republican to be a certain. I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see where it goes, because right now, all of these stories about how this person is going to say this or this person is going to say this, I will tell you on this show, they're just crap. They're just they're not uh, things that matter as much as in when we get in the courtroom and the people actually uh, give the arguments and say the stuff and you, you react however you want. All this is uh, the version of 
uh, whatever a scandal you want to call it when you have no proof yet. Uh, but you're saying that you have definitive proof uh, that something is going. And I felt like I was going to tie this to Adam Schiff and the 14th Amendment thing. But I'm just going to skip that. I, I do think that's a really stupid thing uh, that there is a and not again. And I know people will think this is because of whatever reason. Uh, not that I, I am trying to overly defend the side of the aisle. I wouldn't advocate for removing any person from a presidential ballot with the amount of support that Trump, Biden, anyone has uh, through force through the legal system. That is political interference. There, there's no way to deny it from being that. And so to say it's anything else to me is very dumb because you're trying to tell the American people you can't vote this person into office because we said so. We won't allow it. That's number one. That's the biggest story out there. I covered it, even though I, I guess I disagree with how it's shaped. But here we go. Ooh. Thank you very much, Count, for moving me on to number two. I think one of the other bigger stories over the weekend, and this is very off the beaten path maybe for some, was everything that went down at Burning Man. There were 70,000 people uh, stranded in the Nevada desert for days as uh, all kinds of stuff, flooding and whatnot went on. And eventually people are finally starting their quote unquote exodus out of that area. Uh, And there's a bunch of uh, social media photos and things of uh, celebrities and all kinds of people in tractors and trailers and everything they can get to get them out of the desert. And the only big reaction I had uh, to what I thought was actually a pretty big, maybe somewhat under the radar story is how I would never go to this. Um, I've been to Lollapalooza. Uh, before it's been a while and i got free tickets when i went through the radio station i used to work for never paid for the lala Uh, but i feel like you can get a lot of this uh experience on your own without going to the old burning man and potentially being stranded in the desert for a significant amount of time and uh bad stuff did happen uh throughout that so i'm I'm not trying to make overly light of it uh, but that was my big reaction uh, to this story is how little i would ever want to go to anything like this uh, based on all the coverage of this story that's number two on the list People are going to think that it should have been um, uh, lower and that this story should have been higher. But I'm going here. Three. This is number three. Uh, The vice president or excuse me, the president's um, wife, the first lady, uh, Jill Biden, has tested positive for covid. Uh, You have uh, people out there, including the White House press secretary, uh, talking about this, saying that Biden has not tested positive for covid and then um, sort of uh, pivoting to other covid stuff. Uh, out there in the world. Uh, It's number three on my list, not number one, not number two. I could have even made it lower uh, because I I think that most people are done with the whole lot of this story, no matter how much politicians uh, tell us not to be. And I'm not trying to say that I don't care uh, about humans and people. And if someone uh, gets seriously ill or anything like that, I'm just saying that it it was uh, a few different places this morning. And it was a story that was bouncing over social media, but it just, it just feels as though it's, it's really not a thing uh, that I think will dominate conversations for a lot. And I feel like that's a story and that might be the third biggest story of the day uh, that the um, president's a wife, the first lady, I don't know I keep calling her that, the first lady, Jill Biden, has COVID and no one really cares. Although the president will be wearing a mask while he's outdoors, and that feels like a relevant slash, uh, let's call this 3B uh, version of a news story. President Biden tested negative last night for COVID-19 and tested negative again today. He's not experiencing any symptoms. As far as the steps he is taking, since the president was with the first lady yesterday, he will be masking while indoors and around people in alignment with CDC (laughs) guidance. And as, as has been the practice in the past, the president will remove his mask when sufficiently distanced from 
others indoors and while outside as well. By the way, I also contemplated putting Fauci here and all the stuff Fauci said about masking and other mandates and whatnot. Uh, but I, I also don't care uh, about that. So this if this is the top five to me, uh, that's where I'm going with this, because there there's a lot of data that says that the mask mandates didn't work. All right, fine. I'll play that audio. I'm going to play it after the break, though. It's not staying in my top five. And Fauci was asked a question about that and tried to defend it in a very weird way. And I think I can break down what he was trying to say and what he meant. Uh, But the biggest reason that mask mandates didn't work is people don't wear N95 or whatever the mask is called the way the doctors do because you can't live regular life with it squished up against your face at every second of every day. And if you do, um, there's probably other things that are going to be a problem that come from that. So there's a lot of data that says that no mandate in that world has any benefits whatsoever uh, to the general public. And yet Fauci and others are starting to recommend some of these things not be off the table if they're not going as far as to say actually do them. That's number three. Let's do it. Let's keep going. Thank you, sir. Thank you to the count. I want to play this as number four. And I contemplated this being higher. Uh, But because the president refuses to go, I guess I have to leave it at number four. It is uh, political as well. Um, This is a answer that uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre gave to Peter Ducey about how the president still has not visited East Palestine, uh, which seems odd uh, because he's been on vacation a whole bunch. But he just couldn't have time, can't break away. Uh, Of course, if you know anything about that story and that Trump went there uh, much, much sooner uh, than um, uh, Biden did, it's, well, because in that part of Ohio, a whole lot of people support Trump and don't support Biden. And this is the biggest problem I have. Uh, Well, one of the biggest, I say that a lot, one of the biggest problems I have with politics is you care about the optics of showing up places uh, where people are hurting and just want to hear that the government is going to help them, uh, which never goes as well as anyone hopes for it to go. But anyway, here we go. The president said over the long weekend that he hasn't had the occasion to go to East Palestine. I just haven't been able to break. The derailment was on February 3rd. President Biden has not had a break since February 3rd. The president will go to East Palestine. He promised that he would. He's going. He will. He's on the next plane. So he was not on a break when he was in Lake Tahoe? Wow, that was different. The president is going to go to East Palestine. He's going. He's, he's on his way. He's, he's, you know, routing his flights. He was flying United, and, you know, they got canceled for a few hours. That was the whole problem. By the way, that felt like that could have been a bigger story, and then it got solved uh, fairly quickly. But United did ground uh, planes for a bit. So this is that's a bonus. That's not even a top five. Let's do the last one, Count. Five! <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, the last of the top five stories of the day, according to me, the fifth uh, Senator Mitch McConnell's health uh, is apparently not at all tied to stroke or seizure of any kind, his his pausing episodes. Uh, this is according to Capital Doctors. I said a little bit of this as this was sort of coming up on uh, Friday, but it came out again today that there is, quote, no evidence of a stroke or a seizure. Um, and this is the Capital physician. Um, the statement still left questions about the apparent freeze-ups that have drawn concerns about the 81-year-old's uh, health. And, yeah, that makes sense that people are concerned. I know they said recovering from a concussion might be an aspect of what's playing out there. Uh, Being 81, uh, some say, might be an aspect of what's playing out there. Uh, But to give us a non-answer, to say it's not this, it doesn't really help anybody uh, that's wondering what it is and if it'll continue and wondering why people stay in these. I, I Simple question. I'll just throw it out there and then I'll take a break. Why do people stay in these political positions for so long? 
Why don't they want to retire and go off into the sunset and do whatever they want to do and, you know, live their life the way people do? They have more than enough money. Pelosi's got enough money. McConnell's got enough money. Uh, They can retire comfortably for the rest of their life. Why do they want to keep not doing that and keep being in the world of politics? I don't have an answer to that question. I, I have some guesses. I don't want to throw those out there on the air, but I just don't get it. Um, and I, I'm suspicious what that reason could be as to why someone would essentially want to die in office, uh, die at a job, as opposed to living those uh, years you, you have left after however long uh, you have any kind of gig in our society by not showing up at work every day. All right. Uh, quick, especially if you're like freezing like McConnell is. Quick break. A lot more. 1470. Section starts here. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Um, if you found out there was a policy at a job you just got and you didn't like it, you just quit, right? Like a lot of us would just be like, all right, I'll, I'll get another job. If I don't like this policy, if this is something I don't want to do, uh, I'm not going to like fight the good fight my first day in this brand new gig. Uh, that's not how this uh, woman decided to go about things. She's a millennial. That might not be surprising to some. Her name is Emily. Uh, she got hired over the phone for some job somewhere in Georgia. And she found out on her first day that they don't allow pink hair. And she has sort of pink hair, like half of her hair, the bottom half. I don't know what that's called. It's not all. There's some brown in there, but then there's a lot of pink. And she's not changing her hair. So instead, she wears really dumb uh, wigs to work at her brand new job that she just got, including a founding father's uh, version of the wig, the you know white hair with the little um, ponytail thing going on in the back. Uh, she wore what looks like a mad scientist uh, version of a wig. Uh, she wore the um, what I'll call the Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, version of the wig and then finally she wore one uh, that looks like uh, she's some sort of person that's been wandering the desert for a long time maybe a a biblical she even actually put jc i I didn't want to say that she had a jesus wig on because you know it's not catholic craig's not a huge fan but she even put jc on as a name tag and it was a wig giant beard all the stuff she's doing this and instead of changing her hair color and instead of quitting the job she's even got viral audio out there saying how she's so mad that corporate refused to accept her pink hair at the job she just got. You haven't seen the video that I posted a couple days ago. It is me in a terrible wig, which I do to combat the absolute ignorance <laughs> of corporate not allowing pink Combating hair. It. I have three uh. wigs that I cycle through, and they're all equally terrible. Why Why do so many young people want to fight authority? Uh, it's a genuine, genuine question. I'm asking that for real. Uh, but it, it seems like they do. And I know that's probably been a component of other generations. You, you don't want to put up with stuff that you're asked to do uh, by people if you think it's unfair or something. But this is like the dumbest fight I, I've read about in a while. Just get another job. You, you just got this gig. You just go find anything else where someone is cool with pink hair. Uh, you're not making a good first impression on the employer that has hired you. Um, and if you don't want to cut your hair or color your hair a different color, that's fine. You have every right to do that. But, but doing like a, a weird protest early on seems to be one of the dumber fights like pick and choose your battles is a thing that seems to be lost now Uh, a lot of people want to fight all the battles and any battle and even find some battles if none exist and fight those two now that's the version of, of life we have right now not the all right i will go ahead and not fight that battle i'll fight this one over here instead i'll fight it when it's more important than pink hair in the office I saw this. I thought this was interesting. A guy demonstrated how you can open a car window with a plunger. Uh, he said a friend of his taught him how to rob a car, 
put that up on TikTok because why not? This almost made my bad story uh, for good story, bad story, which is coming up in a bit. But he successfully did uh, get a window in a car to drop down just by plunging it and then, you know, lowering it. Uh, I think he still needs all the other skills to actually steal the vehicle. Uh, you got a hot wire and do some. I've heard some of those things, but it got six million views. 400,000 people liked it on social media, and a bunch of people called it like a really cool, clever way uh, to get into a vehicle. Uh, that's awful. Uh, a good part of this is awful. And I kind of feel bad I just said it on the radio, although I imagine all the people doing the viral video breaking into the car probably aren't listening uh, to this show. But if you are, don't do it. That's not a smart thing. Uh, but the plunger that can open a, a car is a thing that some idiot put up on social media and bragged about. And now other people are happy exist too. Probably just check on all the people that like that video to see if any of them are somehow uh, people that are suspects of some kind of, of robbery. Uh, there might be an aspect there. Although I, you know, I like it, I guess, in one way. I should say this. If you lock stuff in your car and you need to get in it, uh, you now know that a plunger might be an option. Although uh, it depends on probably the vehicle and the window and a bunch of other things. Uh, but at least this person succeeded. So maybe you can too. Uh, try plunging your, your car your next time uh, you're locked out just to see if it works. And on that note, we'll take a break. After the break, we will do good story, bad story, uh, which is something that hopefully gives you faith in the world in which we live. And then, well, something that kicks you in a place you don't want to be kicked in uh, because that's how life actually exists. And I don't fight every fight. I just uh, enjoy some of these. So that'll come up in a second. Uh, 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM. But if you don't have a radio handy, you can download the app. Put it on your phone. Everybody's got a phone. We have it everywhere. I don't know why I'm saying it like this. Uh, but put it on your phone and then listen to WMBD Radio just by hitting play. And you'll hear Will Stevenson live and local in our WMBD newsroom talking about news things. Everybody has a phone? Almost everybody has a phone. It seems like a lot of people have phones. Yeah, my dad doesn't know how to use his, though. Is that a problem? If he has one. Well, then you put the app on his phone mm. and, then, and then show him how to hit the play button. No, <laughs> that, that might be stretching my dad's knowledge of cellular phones a little bit. All right, fine. Then get your dad a radio and let him live in his radio world. That's fine mm, for him. That's a good for idea. For anyone that I has like a phone that. and knows how to click stuff, download our app and click on the play button. Uh, I just needed to ask. Today's a day for asking questions. <laughs> that's fine. You know but, what hey, I mean? No question is dumb. Uh, I, 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 I wholeheartedly disagree with that, mm -hmm. but none of these were dumb. <laughs> I'm just going to wait for a second. I'm just going to let this hang out there. And uh, yeah. <laughs> So how you... Oh, good, man. Uh, how are you working been? three days yeah. this week, Craig? I'm trying to just work the three. Uh, that must yeah. be nice. It's going to be nice. Well, what's it like it's... to have days off? Well, I don't know. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see <laughs> if I get this one. Know. We'll see. We'll see if this... No, I do. I know. You know, too. You were out for a while, weren't you? No. Didn't that happen? I no, thought there was, was some just amount off of yesterday. Time. Oh, yeah. I okay. was supposed to take time off that I, I, I yeah, canceled. Yeah, I thought you talked about this. Yeah, I canceled right. it. Do you want to do the news or you want to keep talking about it? No, your... I just want to keep talking about <laughs> stuff. This uh, news day got a little too busy for me yeah, here at the enough, very man. end of the that's day. Fine. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to talk about any of this anymore. Okay. All really. right, we can skip it. You want me to just skip it? No, I don't want to skip right. it. You want me to make it up? I've offered to make it up, too. I don't feel right about skipping anything. A T-Rex landed in New York. This is news right now. Wow, that's... I know, it's crazy. Climb up the Empire State Building and everything. Oh, that no, was, that was actually, King Kong. The most surprising oh. part of this news story, the T-Rex is just nice. He's just taking pictures with people in Times Square. Oh, so it's, it's crazy. Like, so he, he understands his celebrity value. <laughs> he does, yeah. Yeah, he's got a studio with Adidas he, now. Is he charging like uh, five bucks a pop to get a picture taken? It's, it's is he making money off of it? Yeah, it is. It's ten, but you got to get him in his little hands, and that's what? pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's also, well, it, that's not the problem. It's just getting his hands okay. to reach behind his someone, wallet. Someone is going nuts that you're not doing the news. i got to stop this. Go ahead, yeah, sir. Yeah, and I know who that person is. All right, and, all right. 
And, no, there's uh, a, there might be more than just my Oh, uh, well, uh, there's only the one that I might be <laughs> okay. concerned about. All right. But All right. Anyway. Good talk, Will. Yeah, thank you. Nice to talk to you again, Craig. You too. Thank you. The former CEO of Redditus Labs has had his bond revoked by a bet, uh, federal judge for violating conditions of it. A federal judge today said Aaron Rossi sold 17 vehicles at around $5 million without permission from the court. Federal prosecutors previously stated in documents that Rossi had sold eight vehicles valued at around 665000 without the court's permission. It also alleges Rossi violated curfew while visiting with lawyers last month in Chicago by not returning home by 10 p.m. He claimed his vehicle had a flat tire and he called a driver but fell asleep on the way home. There's more at WMBDRadio.com as Rossi is also facing a civil lawsuit in Tazewell County for his involvement in Redditus Labs. In other news, there we go. I knew it would see it my way here. A teenager already being tried as an adult for the death of his mother now has that charge affirmed by a grand jury. The Peoria County Grand Jury filed a count of first-degree murder against 17-year-old Avion Tapia. Tapia arrested August 22nd after calling 911 on a report of an unconscious female after a home near Wisconsin and Arcadia. Prosecutors believe Tapia strangled 36-year-old Vanessa Tucker. She died not long after the call at a Peoria hospital. Tapia is in custody on $1 million bond and will be arraigned Thursday. In other news, the city of Peoria is aiming to teach people more about code enforcement over the next few months. It's the fourth year of the city's 100 Blocks and 100 Days program, where officers talk about concerns residents may have and programs the city has available. Neighborhood Enhancement Coordinator Kaylee Dre says one goal of the program is to show that code enforcement is more than just writing tickets. Sometimes it can be some negative interaction. Um, but really the role that it plays in our community is it keeps our neighborhoods safe, it promotes health, and it keeps our neighborhoods feeling vibrant. Dre says it also helps put a public face on code enforcement and lets people get to know the ones working in their neighborhoods. She says the 100 blocks selected are randomized to try and hit up different areas each year. There's more at WMBDRadio.com. WMBD News is brought to you by Presley's Outdoors. Early hunting seasons are kicking off, and Presley's has the gear you need for goose, dove, and teal seasons. From Presley. WMBD, it's the Craig Holland Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. Uh, It's time for good story, bad story. Uh, This is a story that hopefully makes you feel good about the world in which we live. And then, well, we're going to do the opposite just right after it. Um, First, the good story, though. A military dad in Ohio surprised his son on his first day back to school uh, last month. The son's name is Eli, and he just started second grade. His dad had been on a year-long deployment. Eli's teacher told the class they had a special visitor, and his dad walked in dressed as a school's as the school's tiger mascot. Uh, when he removed his head, uh, the tiger head, uh, Eli uh, immediately lunged at him and gave him a giant hug. It was awesome. There's a viral video. I'll put the video up on social media. But that's a really good story. And then actually we'll do a twofer. Uh, It's the beginning of the week, even if it's Tuesday. So we're going to do two instead of one. Uh, A 
police officer pulled over someone who was driving recklessly. Uh, the person ended up having an 18-year-old, 18-month-old baby that was in crisis, and the officer was able to save the baby's life, um, which is obviously awesome, um, from saving the baby from choking. Uh, here is a little bit of that audio of uh, this story. Speed limit's 45, well over 45. I'd had to estimate probably 75, 80 miles an hour. Let me get me! No, please, don't take him! Put him on my forearm and administered a few back, uh, back blows to him. Had some saliva and kind of regurgitate out onto my arm. Getting them calmed down is just as important as trying to get aid to the baby. He's breathing, look at him, look at him, look at him. He's breathing, okay? He's okay. They're not blue anymore. They're- just rely on your training and what you went over, over and over again. All right, the thing I like most about that audio is the middle part when you can hear the craziness of the parents and they're yelling, please don't take him, and the cop is remaining calm and like, I'm going to save him. I'm going to do everything I can to save his life. And then look, he's not blue. He's breathing. This is awesome. And they hopefully invite him over to many dinners, uh, all the things he needs to go to because that's that's awesome. Uh, Those are the good stories. Uh, Let's do the bad story. Uh, This is out of Nebraska. Uh, Cops in Nebraska got a phone call from 911. Someone reported there was a driver going the wrong way. I could tell you the rest of the story, but I think I'll just play the audio of the 911 call and then the arrest after because you're going to tell, you're going to immediately be able to realize why I consider this today's, easily today's top uh, bad story um, based on, well, this. I'm on Highway 77 going north and there's somebody that is on the wrong side of the road. He had his brights on, man. He almost ran me off the road. Yeah, do you know why I stopped you? Yeah, because I was on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. Were you the one that called in? Yep. Yeah, because I thought somebody was on the wrong side of the road, bro. But it turned out it was you. Yeah. He called 911 on himself. Uh, he drunk driving, which is not funny. Don't do that. Uh, you put a lot of people at risk. Uh, but he, he called 911. I imagine what actually happened is he saw someone driving the correct way on the road, thought it was the wrong way, uh, called 911 to report it. And then when he got arrested, realized, oh, I'm the guy. I'm the guy going the wrong way. And then that, that last part of that audio is like, yeah, you know, it was me. I was the one doing it is, is for some reason my favorite. But this is easily the bad story. Yeah, of the day. because I thought somebody was on the wrong side of the road, bro. But it turned out it was you. Yeah. Yeah, it turned out it was me. Uh, but I thought somebody else was doing that. So I figured I'd call in, uh, which just makes him even more dangerous. He's drinking and driving and then also uh, dialing the phone, doing all the other stuff at the same time. I'm glad he got caught. Uh, by the way. Um, and he said some bad things, uh, not to the police officers about them, but just about the totality of his experience. Uh, he's probably going to be in a good amount of trouble. But that's the bad story of the day. Drunk driver uh, calls 911 on himself. Uh, doesn't even realize it's on him till he's getting arrested. All right. Some other stuff out there that I thought was interesting. Uh, just quickly, uh, let's call these palate cleansers as well from all the serious or whatever stuff that's out in the news right now. A study found that opposites attract is really just a myth. And birds of a flutter, feather, <laughs> feather, uh, fly together is really uh, much more true. Uh, a new study found that you're just annoyed uh, by people who do stuff way differently than you do stuff. Uh, they looked at old studies of 22 different uh, traits that were analyzed, and they did follow-ups with 80,000 couples on more than 130 traits this time. Everything from religion, core values, drinking habits, you name it. And they found that the majority of people, and I, you know what I think this is? Because maybe there has been a change. Uh, maybe less people are attracted to opposites than used to be attracted to opposites. It could have been true then and not true now, as opposed to science proving that it's no longer accurate. And what I, what I think might happen is the dating app 
world. The, you put all the things you like on social media or wherever it is, you put those things, and other people put them too, and then you pick people who seem to have similar interests to you. Maybe we expect that more. Maybe we're annoyed more, or, or at least uh, people dating are annoyed more about uh, things that are different because they can just go on the internet and find somebody who likes all the stuff they like who watches all the TV shows they watch, and maybe that's why. I don't know. But way less people now actually like different views. 3% on some of the more uh, core stuff, which feels like that's probably always been true. Uh, but up to 80% of people really want someone to have similar feelings on a lot of stuff or a lot of behaviors to them. And that, that to me, it would be very boring. You know, my wife and I are not uh, similar in some ways. She's from Mexico, so obviously there's some pretty unique differences. But I think a lot of those differences make my relationship better. And I think anyone would agree with that, and especially times when you don't exactly agree on, on something. You know, like you both have a different way of doing stuff. Uh, finding compromise is, I think, part of – this is a weird thing to preach. I think it's part of what makes a relationship stronger uh, as opposed to the opposite, just like agreeing on everything all the time and thinking, yeah, this is easy. Everything's great. Uh, but who knows? I don't know. Uh, but I thought that was interesting, and I wonder if it's actually a change in people uh, not a change in the way that science figured stuff out. Uh, one last one, and I just thought this was kind of funny, so I just want to throw it out there. I don't have much to say about it, but there's this viral post on, on Facebook. Uh, I think it's from a, a sheriff's office in Florida of the most patient alligator that you've ever seen. Oh, it's in Louisiana. Just waiting outside of a dollar store to open up like anybody else would. Like if you've ever showed up at any store right before they open five, six minutes and you see people in their cars uh, waiting in the parking lot or some people for some reason have started to line up outside the door of the store. That feels a tad aggressive. I, I sit in the car if I've showed up and it's a few minutes beforehand and I just wait. Uh, it's not Black Friday. I don't need to elbow my way past you to get in the store right when it opens. I can wait a few minutes on that. Uh, but this alligator was doing option A. He was doing, you know, uh, wait there right at the beginning and uh, they took a photo. They thought it was real funny and then they called somebody to remove that alligator before they opened the, uh, the dollar store because, well, it wouldn't have been the greatest to let him in. I don't know why I found that so amusing too, though, uh, but it went viral. A whole lot of people liked it. And that's the part of the Internet that I enjoy, uh, this, the stupid part. Uh, the alligator was nearly six feet uh, long and, uh, again, seemed just really patient and maybe really interested in some sort of snack. I don't know. Uh, we'll take a break. A lot more in a bit. 1470, 100 points. Our way at East Light Theater. Fourteen seventy one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. A um, few minutes left in the show for me. Dave Ramsey coming up next. We'll we'll do your news in about seven minutes or so. Uh, just some other stuff out there to get to. Uh, stuff we meant to get to. Uh, the morning show segment. Uh, something similar to that right now. Uh, first, this is a serious one. Uh, then I'll do uh, silly ones. Uh, a deadly pharmacy error is seeming to be a mounting story. Uh, according to uh, a couple different places, I think I found this in the New York Post, uh, companies have pushed quotas, limited staff. Uh, I am a danger to the public, is what uh, one person said, quoted in this article. Uh, the Los Angeles Times revealed that pharmacies make an estimated 5 million errors every year in California alone. Uh, but even a pharmacy, uh, even as pharmacy errors mount across the U.S., pharmaceutical lobbyists are pushing to keep uh, reports of errors hidden from officials and, well, the public, because uh, they don't want you to know about that. Um, but uh, someone said that I'm in danger to the public. 
Um, that was uh, Christopher Atkins, a pharmacist who works at CVS and says he's overworked to the point of actually um, being unaware if he's making. That's that's interesting. Actually, no, excuse me. That's an anonymous letter um, that was out there in the world. And the other pharmacist who was reacting in the story said that it's completely unsafe at this point, but didn't go as far as to say that he was the one uh, who's a danger uh, that uh, again. And that was in The New York Times in 2021. So I don't, don't want to miscredit it there. Uh, but both uh, the anonymous pharmacist and this one are saying that something needs to be done. Uh, you hear about this in a lot of places. You hear about this in a lot of medical places. You, you heard about uh, staff um, being overworked during the height of COVID. And, you know, even nurses that were, um, I think, bouncing around from one uh, job to another job because, well, it was kind of lucrative to do that, but also because of how in demand uh, those jobs were and how overworked um, individuals were there too. And so you, you got a lot of that uh, going on. And it seems as though we need to not have um, uh, degradation of, of ability happen here. And at the same time, you need to have uh, people who are there, I guess, to, to do the most important things in the world of medicine and whatnot. And so it's just interesting. I just thought it was a story that I should share or put out there into the world and uh, talk about it amongst yourselves, because I, I don't have a solution to this problem. Uh, you need more people to gravitate toward certain types of careers uh, to fill the lack of people that are in those roles now. And yet, and this is not uh, specifically complaining about younger people, although I'm a millennial, so some of it's self-hate. Uh, now you have a whole lot of people that just want to be influencers, that that's the, the goal they have on on uh, line or in their life. And they talk about it and they hope for it. And it seems not great. All right. Other stuff out there as a heck of a take. It seems not great. It's, it's very much not great. Um, this person uh, that lives in the UK, her name is Shannon. She's 28. She said that rent has gotten way too expensive. She's in London, uh, which is going to be expensive. So she decided, you know what? It's cheaper for me to just buy a boat and live on a boat. This is my dream. I want to live on a boat at some point. Uh, Betty would not live on a boat. We will not be moving anytime in the near future. But I love the boathouse idea. I, I love everything about that. Like just, you know, going out if you feel like it, then coming back, however it goes. Uh, living on a boat would be awesome. Uh, but she said it's just it's cost effective. Uh, she only pays about $400 a month for rent to rent a boat. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, she also said that includes utilities. And so at some point, she probably gets kicked off for some kind of party. I don't know. Um, I know that a lot of people regret their boat buying decision. And maybe if you turn it into an apartment, somebody can rent it. Everything works out for everybody all involved. Apparently, in this case, it did. Uh, but anyway, she went viral on social media uh, because she said it was just a, a better situation for her. Um, and, you know, obviously uh, is telling other people to do it. I don't think everybody's going to migrate to the boat world. But I do. I love this uh, and that this, you know, worked out for somebody because, again, I just think there's something inherently cool about it. I, I, w I would like to be the guy who lives on a boat. And that feels like a weird sentence to say into the radio, but I did it and we're there and we're going to move on. Uh, let's uh, do one other thing and then I'll tell you something about the VFW and we'll get out of here. Uh, but I thought this was interesting, too. Apparently, there's a bunch of UFO hotspots in Japan and they all have something in common. Every single UFO hotspot in Japan is somehow tied to a nuclear power plant or something in the world of nuclear energy. And so even though they're hotspots where people would go uh, to apparently, you know, look into sightings of of aliens or UFOs or something, uh, they're also uh, essentially parts of uh, that country uh, that have some sort of other unique history that has, in fact, nothing to do with aliens. I don't know why one would uh, beget the other, why they would be tied together at all. Uh, but apparently they are, uh, even one that was um, 
incorrectly assumed to be a UFO lab uh, was actually, in fact, a, uh, a nuclear power plant uh, that had shut down. A unique thing to do, to just be like, no, no, that's the UFO spot now. It's a tourist attraction. We shut it down. We're not, uh, nobody works there anymore. But let's go ahead and turn it into a tourist spot where people show up and believe they're going to see uh, an alien. All right. Uh, before I get out of here, uh, the VFW in Peoria Heights is one of my favorite places uh, and Betty's favorite places to go in town. They got Taco Tuesday tomorrow or Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they or excuse me, Friday and Saturday they have food. They have karaoke this Friday. They do that twice a week. They have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but the biggest reason I like them, uh, the people behind uh, the VFW in Peoria Heights, the bartenders, um, Eric, who's on this show uh, a lot, the quartermaster there, and Chad Bailey, the commander, uh, is because they also do a lot of philanthropic stuff. Uh, if you go, if you hang out, if you want to get a couple drinks in a relaxed atmosphere and then uh, assume that some of that money is actually going to go to good causes, uh, the VFW is one of the places that makes that a reality all the time. Uh, we helped buy a veteran a car uh, this year. And I say we because I was sort of kind of there, uh, not as much as others, but still, I was a part of it, and it was awesome. Uh, but they do they do so much. Uh, they're doing some fundraisers even now uh, for some uh, within the community. So that's just something they do all the time. They have a toy drive. And actually, if you buy a um, – oh, today is Tuesday. Thank you, Betty. Yes, today is Taco Tuesday. Just text me, duh, I thought it was Monday for a second toward the end here. Yes, today you can get a taco at uh, the VFW in Peoria Heights because it is, in fact, Taco Tuesday. Uh, good good job uh, letting me know um, to the missus. Um, but, yes, uh, uh, just go there, hang out, uh, check out everything. And they have a toy drive going on. I was just saying a second ago, if you buy a Craig Collins drink, you get um, um, better vodka than you're getting for that price uh, in a uh, vodka lemonade. And one of the $3 you spend on the Craig Collins drink goes to the toy drive uh, up until uh, Christmas. So uh, it's another cool reason to go and actually get to say my name and order a drink, which I like doing uh, too. I I feel like if I go in there, i got to drink a Craig Collins that feels wrong. Uh, But all right, uh, that's the show. Uh, Dave Ramsey is coming up next. Um, Will's got all of your news in just a second. Uh, You can hear us on 1470, which is an AM, 100.3 is an FM, all over the Internet, WMBDRadio.com and the WMBD Radio app. And I should mention uh, that starting uh, this Sunday, we have Bears football. Uh, They play the Green Bay Packers at 325, pregame at 130. We're even doing pregame now on WMBD. That's new for us this season. So more Bears coverage, postgame, all the stuff. You're going to love it uh, right here on 1470 and 100.3. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Craig Collins Show. Um, uh, Will's got your